guys, welcome to day 16 of our 21 day money manifestation challenge. Know your worth. Okay, so so many of my clients and I work with people, as I told you, that are high achievers that do really well in their careers. And usually they come to me because they're at a standstill or they just want to be better in one area. So they seem like they have it all. They're usually financially successful and they've usually achieved big goals. And the reason I'm telling you this is because you wouldn't think that these people that are look like they have it all and look like they're really good at doing things, have any issue with not feeling good enough. But what I find in my coaching is that virtually all of us at one time or another have a, whether it's a small part or a big part of us that doesn't feel good enough. And this feeling of not feeling good enough kind of rears its head in so many areas of our life, including our you know, manifesting what we want in our lives. And it, it shows up in a lot of different ways, not feeling comfortable to invest in yourself because you don't feel like you're going to do well, or you that lack and fear that you're going to lose out, right? If you invest in yourself and that you don't can't afford it. So those are the things that people say when there's something, a part of them that's like, well, I won't work, right? And that comes from something deeper that I can't do it. I'm not good enough to do it. So, um, also really not charging what you're worth. So if you're an entrepreneur, you're kind of keeping yourself small because you don't think people will pay what you're worth. If you're not an entrepreneur and you work for somebody, it's not asking for the raise, not going after a project that you want, even being in a position, because I work with a lot of people who are newly in leadership positions and they feel like I'm an imposter. Like they feel like, why would they hire me? Even though outwardly they don't think that, this is all in the subconscious. So that's what brings in that imposter syndrome. So it doesn't mean you have to be having your own business. If you work for someone else, it shows up in lots of ways. And the biggest way is that, you know, why would they think that I know how to do this? <laughs> and then also there's one other one, which is perfectionism, which comes up so much. So, so many of us high achievers, because most of my listeners and clients are high achievers, people who want to do things. We have big goals and we want to work towards those goals. Oftentimes what limits us most is we're perfectionists. We want things done a certain way. And when you really dig into that, right, perfectionism, it's if I don't do it perfectly, if I don't do it right, whatever that means, right, people will think that I'm not good enough at what I do. People will think that I'm not good enough. And the reason that comes down to this deep seated, and I'm not a psychologist, but this is what I observed in my um, coaching as well as my training. And I'll talk about what, uh, what that means. So, um, there's some part of us, it doesn't mean it's how we're walking around. It doesn't even mean we're feeling not good enough, right? We could feel confident. And sometimes the people that feel the most confident have this inner nagging feeling that comes up from time to time that doesn't feel good enough. So they overcompensate with that false bravado or that confidence but when we're alone in the dark and in those moments that we might not be able to verbalize it, but there's something there that doesn't quite feel good enough. So, and maybe it's a part of themselves, right? And again, it might not be consciously, like we might not be consciously aware of it, but it's lurking underneath somewhere. And from time to time it comes out. So if you're a perfectionist, if you feel that imposter syndrome, they're going to find me out. 
if you can't speak up for yourself, and if you feel like you're not investing in yourself as uh, in, in growth or even personal development or in your business, that could be part of it. For the entrepreneurs, charging what you're worth or even asking for what you're worth at work, right? Um, well, before I get to that, I want to talk to you about why we have this need to feel worthy. There's three basic emotional needs that we all need to meet. Number one is to feel safe and secure. Number two is to feel love and connection. And number three is to feel worthy or good enough, right? So anybody that has more than one child or that has been a sibling can see it, right? Children will compete for their parents' attention and approval, even if they're in really amazing families. So it doesn't mean you're in a bad family, but it's innate in us. And we start really young. We compete with each other for that approval. And you can see it even as we grow older that we need to feel like when someone gives us a pat on the back or someone tells us we do a good job, even if we know it, it makes us feel this little you know, moment of pride. So a lot of times um, the need to feel worthy shows up in our lives in ways that can limit us. Like I said, being a perfectionist, not speaking up for yourself, being a people pleaser. At the heart of that is that need to feel worthy. But oftentimes we don't really understand that because we're like, no, I feel great. I feel good about myself. I'm confident. So we don't really think that that's the need. But if you understand that it's just an innate need that we all need to fulfill and that sometimes it kind of gets the best of us and becoming conscious of it is what we need because there's nothing wrong with needing to feel good enough. There's nothing wrong with needing to feel worthy. And for most of us, even if we had good childhoods, and I was just talking to a client about this the other day, because she's like, I had a great childhood. My parents are, were, are awesome. They were really great with me. And I had, didn't have, I didn't get bullied at school. And in fact, I was a high achiever, but for whatever reason, and we're not going to get into the details, right? She felt from a young age that she had to show up as perfect. And there's a reason for that. And whether it was a subconscious reason that she wasn't even aware of as she was growing up, because oftentimes, you know, as parents, when our kids do something that we like, we praise them, right? So even just the simple act of praising our children. And I'm not saying don't do that. It's just kind of how we're wired as human beings. So sometimes our parents can do something or not do something. And since our young mind isn't fully developed, we misrepresent reality. So we feel like, oh, I didn't get, maybe they're giving my brother or my sister more praise. And why aren't I feeling good enough? So like I said, we're not going to dig into it too much, but I see it a lot with even the most amazing clients that had relatively great upbringings, but also people like me that had less great upbringings or trauma in their life. There's lots of reasons consciously and subconsciously that sometimes we don't feel good enough. It doesn't mean we're walking around like, oh, I suck. You know, I'm so bad. It's just kind of there and it comes up every once in a while, right? But it can impact you and it can keep you from manifesting your dreams and it can keep you from manifesting money. So you need to be aware of it. 
So number one, let's talk about charging what you're worth, right? And if you're an entrepreneur, oftentimes we we have that feeling like, oh, well, people aren't going to pay because I don't, I wouldn't pay for that, right? Or who am I to charge this? And I remember early in my career as a coach, I did feel that. And even the first time I took a client, I was like, how can I even charge them? I'm not really, you know, I've done training, but I didn't feel like I was where I needed to be to charge a, a, a large amount. So my first one-on-one coaching program was $1,200. And I felt like, oh my gosh, how can I even do this? And then as time went on and I started to get more confident as a coach and I started to build my my strength as a coach and get more and more educated as a coach and learn more and more, I started to feel like I could start to charge more. But even though I had credentials to really help people and I was helping people, I still had that little voice in my head that said, who are you to charge this? And people won't pay for it. And so slowly I had to work through that. And I went from, uh, you know, I, I, I increased my rate by four times at that time. And then slowly I was like, okay, I can do this. People are paying for it. And then I had to make a decision a few years ago to really make change the model. And because I was taking, I was getting more and more one-on-one clients and I was feeling stretched too thin and I wanted to be more exclusive in my my one-on-one client offering. And so I made the decision at that point to raise my rates four more times above the, the second rate, which was a really scary thing for me because I was thinking, who is gonna pay this? This is a huge investment and I don't know that people are gonna pay for it. And then what I found was, if you build it, they will come. I was getting less clients, but they were the quality of the client and the type of client that I was attracting and that I wanted. Before, a lot of the clients that I was attracting were people who said they wanted to make change, but they really didn't want to make change. And I felt like I was pushing this huge boulder up this huge steep hill and it didn't feel good for me and it didn't feel good for the client. And I made a really strong decision and I I put a, you know, a stake in the sand and I said, no, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to coach people that are, want to do great things, people that might have something that's blocking them, but they're really willing to do the work and look at themselves, get vulnerable and motivated to grow. And when I did that, I attracted, and I'm not, this is like crazy how it works. I attracted organizations and clients that wanted that. And they were willing to pay a much higher price tag than the ones that I had worked with previously. I wasn't getting as much clients, but the client, I was feeling way better. And I was able to give the client so much of a better experience because I wasn't stretched too thin. So I was ended up, ended up making, it was more lucrative for me, but I had to, for myself, start to believe that it was possible and that I was good enough to offer that. And once you do that, back to the momentum from yesterday, I started to get, or a lot of my clients started to get amazing results. And then they would refer me to someone else and it would make me feel like, yep, I'm good at this. I know I'm good at this. And then you just build that momentum. You build that confidence and people are attracted to your energy, the right people. So that's another thing. You can't be everything to everyone, but this works in your career as well. If you are a leader or if you're somebody that's aspiring to be a leader, you attract 
what you put out there. So if you are suffering, a lot of my clients are new to their leadership roles and they feel like, who am I to be doing this? They're going to figure me out. I don't know everything there is to know. That's where that perfectionist comes in and that's perfectionism. And that's where that imposter syndrome can come in. So if you're feeling that, you have to talk back to that voice and say to yourself, you know what? I wouldn't be hired for this position if I wasn't good enough to do it, right? And how can I be an imposter in my own life? I am me, right? And everybody else is walking around feeling the same. So that's important to know. So if you don't feel capable, right, of something, what do you think your clients, your boss, and your colleagues are going to feel? Because 93% of our communication is nonverbal. So if you don't believe in yourself, how can you expect anybody else to believe in yourself? All right, so let's. So they're picking up what you're putting down, right? Make sure you're putting down the belief in yourself. And it's okay if you don't feel that every moment. We're going to have times where we don't feel like we know something, we don't feel confident, and we don't feel worthy. It's becoming aware of that and flipping the script. Okay, so there's another thing I wanted to talk to you about. If you're at the precipice of building something big, right? It's time for you to make that decision to invest in yourself. And this is the thing. So often we feel like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? I tell you that a lot. If I invest in myself, then I am in the position to make even more money, right? If I don't, I'm gonna stay, uh, chances are, it's a greater chance of me staying where I am today. I told you another time for about three years, I was stuck in making the same amount each year, $95,000. And the first year that was great, right? Because I was like, oh, it's a brand new business. I actually made money, which is great. A lot of businesses don't make money or they fail within the first three years. So at the third year, I was like, okay, I'm making the same amount. But the thing was, what I realized was I was nervous. I had fear of investing in my organization, in my company to get to the next level. I didn't believe that if I did that, we would have enough money to pay our bills. I felt like if that happens, we're not going to be in a good position and we're, and I'm going to, we're going to lose all the money and we're not going to be able to pay our bills. So that's my, remember I told you about the limiting belief. I had that belief running in my head all the time. So how could I manifest more if I have this limiting belief and fear? So I finally kind of pushed through that fear. And so I still felt the fear, but I did it anyway. And I made the decision two years ago to invest in my organization, and I invested virtually all of my profits into marketing and building new products and evolving my business, evolving my products to expand to more people. So for organizations that wanted not just their high-level executives to be able to um, benefit from the coaching and all of the experience I have with so many leaders, now they can expand it and offer it to employees or people that wanted to get coaching, but that couldn't afford a one-on-one -on -one coach for 12 weeks. Now there's an online coaching program. But if I didn't make that decision and actually follow up and reinvest my profits, which was very scary for me, because you know about my relationship to money and the fear around it, I wouldn't be where I am today. So maybe you don't have a company. Maybe you are thinking about investing in yourself.
I, I'm, so I'm going to leave you with this. Every single millionaire, every single billionaire bet on themselves at one time or another. They took calculated risks and they had an obsession for their goal. I want you to remember that. And this is what I want you to do today. I want you to write down one or two sentences about where you've been keeping yourself small, where you haven't, you know, you've said to yourself like me, I don't think we have the money. I'm not going to invest in myself because we don't, we can't do it. I can't do it. You can do it. When there's a will, there's a way you will find it. If you're spending money on lattes every day, if you're going out to eat twice a week, there is a way to make it work. If that's really what you want. Like I said, it has to be an obsession. It has to be a passion. What do you really want? So I want you to write down one or two sentences about how you feel like an imposter or how you are keeping yourself small. And then what's one small change you can make. One way you can invest in yourself. Start small and take that next scary step. Walk through that fear. I did it. You can do it. You are meant for greater things. That's it for today. I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye, guys. Bye.